So I wanted to talk to you about this because of something you said one time about, you used the phrase prominent family. I'm from a prominent family. Oh, sure. I'm really interested in that because, well, just just tell me what you meant by that. Well, um, I think, I think when I said that, um, we were talking about um, something related to uh, astrology and how there are, how there can be things in the chart that point to kind of eminence factors and stuff like this, but, um, but it's about, um, you know, situating those things in a context. So I have, um, the sun in Leo in the 10th house. And I read somewhere one time, it's like the firstborn son of like a prominent family. And, um, and I am not, you know, like, a Kennedy or a Rockefeller or something like this, but I am mm-hmm. um, Daniel Mann Norman the Third from Fayetteville, North Carolina, <laughs> uh-huh. and um, and where I'm from, my family is um, is quite quite prominent. There's a um, you know, I mean, we're not like super wealthy or anything like this, but there, you know, in the black community in um, in Fayetteville, uh, I want to say the biggest church in town is called Lewis Chapel Baptist Church. And um, my grandparents started going to that church when it was a tiny little, um, you know, one room kind of church house in the, I want to say this is like 1973, 1975, something like this. And now it is this massive thing. And because my grandparents have been members since the very beginning, my grandfather is um, a a deacon. Um, They also had, you know, five kids and, you know, those their, their children were very popular. So just around Fayetteville, when, even when I haven't been home in a while and I tell someone my name, everyone kind of stops. And they're like, huh, you're Deacon Norman, Deacon Norman's grandson. Huh? Is Dan, Dan Norman's your father. And, um, and yeah, it's, a it's a, it's a weird thing. There's, there are things that are nice about it and there are things that are strange about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the reason that jumped out to me so much is because of the contexts are slightly different, but like, I have a similar background. I'm one Mm. more generation removed from it than you are. My father is the one who is really in your position as far as the family goes, but like being a, uh, being from a prominent minority family in a small Southern town. (laughs) Yeah. Like is, is a, is a, is a remarkable thing. And, and, uh, well, that's given rise to a lot of really interesting conversations between the two of us about the similarities and differences in our yeah. in where we're coming from. But one of the most important similarities, I think, is that we both have families of our own now. Yeah. And, and I'm and I like forgive me if I'm speaking for you too much, but I feel like another similarity is that we aren't raising our families uh the way we were raised per se. Yeah. 150%. And that's a, um, Hmm. And that's funny. It's like, there's, I mean, well, one thing is like, I'm on the other coast for my family. All my family's back in North Carolina and I'm, uh, out here in California and, um, my family, you know, particularly the Normans, we're not happy about my um, moving to California. Uh-huh. Um, they were very much against it 
up until like a couple of days before I left. <laughs> like <laughs> they were not feeling it. And so um yeah, I've definitely felt um, you know, not just doing it um differently in a you know, part of it is I don't know, it feels sort of there's a mixture of rebellion and there's also a mixture of like rejection. Uh-huh. Um that is um that is hard to reconcile. And then now as the, uh, you know, as, as we're doing the family thing, as the kids are, are, are getting older, all of a sudden, you know, like people always say, it's like the voice of my father, the voice of my grandfather, yeah. the voice of my grandmother, they're all coming out of me as I'm talking to the kids, you know? Yeah. So yeah. like yeah. trying uh, to do it differently, but there's also uh, an extent to which, you know, maybe I can't, or maybe I, shouldn't i wonder how much you know hmm when i think about like ancestors um and i think about you know the way that um you know certain familial patterns will repeat themselves and i see myself you know living some of those out but then you know perhaps there are also some of those things that are good or at least like innate like maybe there is something about the way that i'm raising my kids that is just like the way that my people raise kids uh uh, in a sense you know because a lot of it is instinctual um but i don't know i i completely relate to the level of like assurance or or like like there's 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 this feeling of instinct what that feels reassuring having something to do with that, the people, yeah. the, the, the like way it's been done and the, the sort of unconscious layers of preparation that are there. Right. But, but I also, uh, th- both of us tr- like do some work, some, some spiritual <laughs> work to actively contact those ancestors and try and learn things from them and and i i feel like kind of clumsy at that effort but i have been doing it for a long time and i have sort of gathered a lot from it one of the things that one of the, it's been it's become a two-way conversation also for me that like i'm doing things quite differently in certain ways and like telling them that has been important for me and sort of freeing myself to do what i do as a parent and 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 as a member of a family and a community i would love to hear how the conversation goes on your end and whether there's any of that two way uh, communication and, and what you have to say to your own ancestors. You there, you know, it can be, there is a bit of a, um, a two way um, communication. I think that there is something about, Hmm. I think that, um, that, my, you know, kind of immediate ancestors, you know, when I think of like the last like um, 100 or 200 or so years, like it's all pretty, um, you know, kind of rural um, and um, agrarian, um, you know, um, slaves and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so there is, um, hmm. I think that there is a certain amount of um how do you say 
there I feel like what I what I get from them or what I'm you know trying to learn from them or trying to um to kind of tap into is that sense of um of having a, a strong kind of home base upon which um lots of different things can can grow you know what i mean looking but doing like that kind of you know genealogical research and realizing that people are having you know they're they're 12 13 14 kids um and so this idea of of um cultivating a space that can sustain um you know disparate interests um you know people kind of doing different things is a thing that makes sense to me and um and the kind of role of the patriarch in that to be um kind of um solid and and to an extent unchangeable Mm. or unchanging you know what i mean is a thing that i have wrestled with pretty much my whole life but especially in, in being a parent i think the thing that i run up against quite often is you know my um innate desire to kind of go and do um whatever whenever and the very strong pull um and and you know not just responsibility but almost a kind of like purpose of um you know that of kind of not being in the background but being you know the rock upon which things are built you know what i mean yeah um and then the ways that that the the ways that I don't do that um, is is that I'm I'm not particularly prescriptive and I don't you know plan to be as my kids get older about what this foundation for them is for <laughs> you uh-huh. know what I mean uh-huh. um, because you know the thing that I got from my from my own family and even with the you know mystical magical you know things I do even with my ancestors the the two-way conversation i get from them is like hey you shouldn't be doing that uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um and and i'm sort of like well you know this is how we get to talk this is how you get to communicate this yeah. is how you get to part be with the kids which i can tell that they like yeah. you know all that stuff it's just like hey well if you want to be a part of this then it's gonna get a little weird mm-hmm. and um and i think that that has been um fine fine i haven't run into anything too tricky yet (laughs) (laughs) that i mean that is exactly the substance of the sort of disagreements that i've had with my own ancestors in ceremony is like what are you doing like like how are you even doing this (laughs) and and, and like having to explain that like this is how this is how we're gonna do it this is how we're gonna this is how we're gonna make the repair. Yeah. I, and I want to know, I want to know if that concept of repair resonates with you because it's this critical Jewish concept that I'm always playing with is like, is that our job as the latest in the long line to, to do a repair? Yeah. I think, I think that, you know, there is, there's definitely a thing there of, well, you know, like I was saying uh, before about, about having, you know, kind of old family patterns showing up. Um, And I think that a thing that I've gotten um, 
in my own life um and i don't mind talking about it a little bit you know i have um i have my oldest son is from a different relationship and then i have um my my younger daughters are um from my relationship with my wife and um my relationship with my son's mother is um you know quite contentious and the thing that i have you know come to understand is that a certain amount of you know distance and estrangement between um <laughs> fathers and their firstborn sons is mm. kind of a thing mm. that we that that plays out um firstborn children honestly um uh is a thing that seems to have played out quite a lot in um in my family i can see it in a lot of different places just with the with the family members that i'm aware of but then also um you know in that communication with the ancestors figuring out that this is a thing mm -hmm. um and um and that is something that i've been working really hard to understand and also working really hard to um heal and i think what can be very challenging about that is part of healing it is having to is having to deal with it yourself you know what i mean like you don't you don't only heal it by kind of healing it and then it's just like okay and now i don't have to bother with any of this you know what i mean um so there's a part of it that is you know playing out in my own life and then there's a part of it that is me kind of trying to you know reach back and and figure out what it is that is going on mm -hmm. and uh, you know now that i'm talking about it i think it's very much this thing that that um that i was saying before i think that you know i come from people that are very much interested in um you know exploring things and um and and learning and moving and and traveling and um and there can be this very real tension this very real pull between that and you know what it means to raise a family and um you know how and why that's important and i think that 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 thing um tugs at all of us mm. one of the things about this word repair that i feel like causes problems is it's actually it's at, so to to like actually bust out the hebrew it, it's it. it's not a very well understood term but the phrase is tikkun olam which i think is a pretty well known mm -hmm. phrase but it's it's usually mm -hmm. it's usually translated as repairing the world uh which mm -hmm. is one way of understanding what the word olam means but really like biblically that word has more to do with time than space. It's more like a f eternity or forever uh, right. <laughs> type of word. Uh, and so, you know, on one level, like, yeah, cool. Jewish mysticism understands that space and time are a continuum, right? But but I, I think that there's really a meaning of this phrase, tikkun olam, that is kind of a paradox, at which is meaning that like it's, it's not a job. It's not like a repair. It's not fixing your sink, right? It's a, it's a repair that never ends. It's a repair that goes on forever. And mm -hmm. I, and I feel like the idea of repair or to use the word that you use, which is healing, which I think is maybe more common in the broader 
sort of scenes that we're in as a word sure. for this. I, I feel like that can be taken as like an objective mm-hmm. as though there's an end point to it. Right. And then you're better now. Right. Or the sink is fixed. Right. Right. And that's not really how it works. Yeah. And, 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 and you, and, and one of the, I mean, so to go, to go astrological, uh, repairs feel like a sixth house matter to me in a lot of ways. <laughs> right. Sure. And, and, and so what I mean by that is they are a pain in the ass. Generally mm-hmm. you want to be mm-hmm. done with them. Uh, and they're never ending. There's always, there's always another one to do. And, and, and I, I, I feel like you can't, uh, and this is like a major householder problem too. It's just like, there's always something, there's always there's something always in the house and, and, and you can't, you can't let like finishing the current thing be like such an important goal that you, that you give up afterwards, that you use everything up. You have to stay in right. repair mode. Right. Like getting used to the part of it that is like, to the extent that things are repaired I don't, it's, it's the thing that I notice with the kids is like as they are kind of growing and, and going through their development, it's like right when we get used to wherever they are is when the new thing starts. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, and I think it's very much um, like that. It's just there is no. There is no. And I mean, that's that. that and, that, and I think that's the thing of of tending. Uh-huh. Um to your family, tending to your ancestors, you know, it's not, um, it's not, it's not so much a, a transaction, even, and, and I think like, sometimes it can be, you know, like sometimes, sometimes you're just like, hey, man, I need some help. And sometimes, um, you know, uh, and, and that's, you know, in the spiritual world and in the, in the mundane world, like sometimes I've, I've had to call my dad and ask him for some cash and that's mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> um but um the yeah it's some there's something about the the ongoing nature of it that i think is really beautiful and also maybe um terrifying i don't know there's something that there's something about wanting to be um done i mean is the householder thing is is um is is that thing of like well no the like we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking, I was listening to um, the Jess and Sledge from Esoterica's very long um, uh, Kabbalah lectures, and he gets into um, Tikkun Olam mm-hmm. and that thing of of kind of right practice being the thing that that does. It does the repair, and that makes that makes sense to me. Um, I I find that maybe even more. Uh, I find that maybe even helpful, just in terms of I don't know. It's a thing of how you are doing things, and not necessarily what you are accomplishing by doing them. That makes the difference. Mm. 